0: hi everyone and welcome back to in my heart a podcast truly about all the things in my heart and finding our freedoms i'm your host heather thompson top chef daniel green is a healthy eating expert He's watched his weight ever since he lost 65 pounds as a young adult, and he's kept it off now for more than 25 years by following a principle that truly works for him. Through that journey, he was able to create a wonderful collection of great tasting recipes that are simple and easy to cook and shop for during a busy work week. And they're full of nutrient dense, natural foods. He likes paleo. I like that it's 100% healthy. We're going to talk about delicious, fresh food that nourishes the body and can effortlessly lead to fantastic health, weight loss, and well being. As Daniel says, if this sounds good, then it gets even better. Chef Daniel. Daniel Green welcome you're in my heart
1: oh how nice of you to have me how lovely to see you and be with you thank you so much
0: oh my god the pleasure is all mine so let's take the listeners through your journey so how did you find food how did you find your relationship to food your relationships to your own body and your own self-image talk us through a little bit of your journey
1: It's come up many times. And, you know, I say it more for the inspiration. Most diets fail. Most people can't stay on them and they feel bad about themselves. So I kind of just use it that um, it works for me and I think it can work for a lot of people. But I was I grew up with two older brothers. Everyone, no one had weight issues. I didn't have a weight issue. I hated school at about 13 years old. And I started putting weight on and I was not active. I wasn't really doing much. And I got to like 17 and I just felt really Yuck, I just felt out of it. And I do remember one particular part of my journey. There was like the equivalent in England of a Zara and they only went up to a 38 inch waist. And I was over that. And I was like, now I've got to go to a specialty store. That was my pinnacle moment, but I never Mm -hmm. thought I'd go on this journey, losing weight, keeping it off. And I did, and it happened gradually, happened with many different facets to it, but it ended up travel was a part of it. I found something that I got a groove in and I lost weight. And it just exploded then. And then I really wanted to have that passion to, to share it over all the years after that.
0: I love that. So is that what made you dive right into being a chef? Like you realized that food was the way to your happiness?
1: It almost was, but it never thought of it at the time. I think I, it took okay. about three years to lose 65 pounds, but never conscious I had that goal. Just went until I hit this, this uh, goal weight that I could achieve. And it was all through eating, not exercise. I was young, and I would just really have, at those times, it was the low fat, right? You know, talking early 90s, I mean, you could eat the potato and you could eat the pretzel, but you couldn't touch an avocado. So, I mean, things have changed, but I wasn't really, I would say I was more in the carbs to start with, and then really got to know that wasn't working. And then I was cooking for myself. I was in my early 20s and I I was really cooking for myself. And I thought, well, I can make food better than what they say to eat, you know, steamed fish and vegetables. And I think that's where the inspiration came. That's where I suddenly realized about, you know, five years into it. But it wasn't until about I was 30. It was I was 30, 28 years old. And that's when I suddenly had an opportunity to go on TV in England, write my first book. From there, it just became, I knew I knew I wanted to do that more than anything. And it took me 30 years to know what I was going to do, believe me.
0: <laughs> oh man, that's such an incredible story because just, you know, it just reminds us that if you just listen to your heart, you will follow your dreams. They, and it might not be today and it may not be tomorrow, but they're going to come. First of all, diet is a bad word anywhere, but I can't imagine dieting in England. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the food in England, <laughs> to be on diet food in England, come on, you know? Yeah, like baked fish, like what are we eating? so yeah right oh my goodness
1: it wasn't the era you know things weren't was starting to change and I think by the time we got to the late 1990s that's when food started to become interesting and in England actually they took it on at that point because there wasn't much of a cuisine but again you know no chefs really go through culinary school learning about healthy they're always looking at being a Michelin star chef adding adding and so I had a completely different mindset
0: yeah. You wanted to make healthy, delicious food, not food that was going to be deliciously rated, but that yes. was going to rate deliciously for your health in terms of nutrient density, ratings and vitamins and minerals, ratings in organic and clean, you know? So you basically believe you wrote, we wrote a book, you wrote two books, right? So you, am I right with that Daniel too?
1: Um, well, actually no, I've got my, my 12th uh, book is coming out. But Oh my God.
0: I must've been a typo. I'm missing
1: the one no, on this <laughs> it's, it's been over my first book was uh, actually on thai food and it's when i went to thailand that inspired me that oh my goodness food fat is not flavor that every chef said that was written in 2002 and it was the year my daughter my eldest daughter was born and it's dedicated to her she lives in new york now at school that means the most to me, and then I, I then went in from this low fat, more into paleo, and then my latest book's actually on cannabinoids with the doctor. Oh, on so cannabinoids!
0: A- oh, that's amazing. We'll talk about that. So, so paleo is a diet that you, if you want to call something a diet. Okay. And and paleo is actually the only one that I like to use the word diet with, you know, or Mediterranean. Those are to me, we really fall on the same line in terms of a belief system. And what you've done is you've put it under a subtitle that makes it easy for people to try to understand like, okay, I'm going to call it this. So this is what it is. But really what you believe is you believe that low fat, natural foods are the key to feeling your best and losing the extra weight that most Americans and most of the people around the world actually are carrying in certain ways because processed foods has they've seeped out into a, you know third world countries and that you can make small changes in the kitchen right to help you take your first step and I thought it was so poignant to have you on right now because boy we've been spending a lot more time in the kitchen traditionally than Americans do and so there's some good that can come from that and I wanted to tap into that and bring you on the show to talk about what you've spent a, really a lifetime understanding.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, paleo to me it was when my publisher said to me about 10 years ago, what do you think of paleo? Maybe it was less. It's probably more like eight years ago. And I really didn't know. And the more I researched it, it's like, this is what I do. Um, I would say I don't kind of have all the very high saturated fats on paleo, but it was so close. And I do have the wine. Um, but I would say <laughs> apart from that... I was so close to paleo that it was so exciting for me to do that. And I think it was easy to, anything that's not processed, anything that's natural, you know, that's really where we've got to go. We've also got to be price conscious because especially where I see things going now, we've all been realizing that weight's not good to have. We all know that health is about that. I think it's a wake-up call that we see with people that are overweight, have more issues, and we want to do it. But it is very, very tough for people to do this in a whole foods kind of way. That, oh, I can go and spend abundant money And just buy all these beautiful organic fruits and vegetables. It's expensive. So I do try to keep that in mind. I try to uh, do that where you can use things that are a little, you know, not too many ingredients, just things that are more accessible and try and keep that price down. Because I think everything is if we can stay on it, nothing short term detox. I mean, I'm not really a fan of short detox with nothing else because where do you go from there?
0: Right. Where do you go from there? And that's the truth. And sustainability is everything. Let's break this down a little bit to basics, because I know that you and I share a lot of the same beliefs and the food system started to break down at a certain point. You know? And I think that a lot of Americans are just you know, naive or the, uh, not understanding that they're vulnerable to big food and big industry and you know, that being healthy just doesn't pay it doesn't pay anybody, but you and your family and your loved ones and all the people that want to keep you around, but it doesn't pay big food. It doesn't pay big pharma. Did you take some of that, you know, into your work, especially working across the pond between the UK and the USA. And I mean, I used to think our food problems were so much worse than that of Europe. When I would travel to Europe, I was getting still fresh food compared to what I would get in the United States. Can you tell our listeners that you understand what the problems are and give them some shortcuts because you can Google paleo diet that's easy and we'll talk a little sure. bit about that and certainly get chef daniel green's book <laughs> but let's talk about how we got here and how we can get out
1: well i think you know we trusted that orange juice was orange juice and then we suddenly looked 20 years later and oh my goodness it's not you know it's so much padding in foods that we trusted brands that we trusted have changed but I think, you know, it does change. England is actually quite similar to America in the f- way people eat. There is a lot of fast food. There's a lot of frozen food. And um, as soon as you get out of England, you go South Europe, you go to France and Italy. It's real ingredients. The freezer sections are tiny. It's all about just buying these natural ingredients that are in season. You know, we've lost that as well. We buy strawberries because it's on our shopping list. I used to have strawberries because we went strawberry picking in July, you know, as a child. It's hard to go back on track just to, say, farmers markets and and make that dedication in busy life. So uh, my best tip is really just try and buy fresh. If it isn't even organic, you know, the more fresh you're having, the better. Spend more time in the aisle when you go into the grocery store than you are on the cans and everything else. You can get some good nutrition from cans. You can get beans and tuna. And there's a lot there that you can mix and match a bit you can just have as much fresh fruits and vegetables. I mean, why are we taking and why do we need supplements? Cause we're not getting it from there. So you just kind of want to use that and um, use supplements, use great vitamins, but also, you know, have it naturally as much as you can.
0: Don't let your FSA or HSA dollars go to waste. Put them to good use on Warby Parker prescription glasses, prescription sunglasses, contact lenses, and eye exams. Warby Parker is committed to providing exceptional vision care online and in stores from contacts to eyeglasses to blue light filtering lenses, Warby Parker styles range from extra narrow to extra wide. So there's a shape for all faces. Try Warby Parker's free home try-on program. You order five pairs of glasses to try on at home for free for five days, and there's no obligation to buy. They ship free and include a prepaid return shipping label. I love the reactions of family and friends to the glasses I should choose. I no longer have to take the store clerk's word for it. Warby Parker glasses start at $95, including the prescription lens. Try five pairs of glasses at home for free for yourself at warbyparker.com backslash in my heart. Warby Parker designs and develops a quality product. I love the wide variety of choices in fit, color, shape, and the ease of the home try on program. Try five pairs of glasses at home for free at W A R B Y P A R K E R.com backslash in my heart and look at life through a beautiful lens with Warby Parker. Nothing says fall like soft plush merino wool. And for the third year in a row, Rothy's is launching an exclusive autumn collection featuring washable merino wool styles. Rothies are incredibly comfortable shoes that are 100% machine washable. The level of craftsmanship, it's impressive. They are rigorously tested for a perfect fit wash after wash, and their unique seamless designs are sustainably made with recycled materials like plastic water bottles. Rothies are fashion, function, and durability all in one shoe that's second to none in comfort for you and better for the planet too. They come in a variety of patterns and styles. And the good news for any guys listening Rothies aren't just for women. Forbes called Rothies a travel must have, and I agree. To help you welcome fall in style, Rothy's is doing something special. They gave us the chance to share this super rare opportunity with our listeners for a limited time. Right now, you can get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com in my heart. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash in my heart. Head to rothys.com slash in my heart and find your new favorites today. Now back to my show. I have a natural supplement brand that's organic because I wanted Americans to have a simple way to get their nutrition and their nutrients and their phytonutrients because we weren't getting it from our food. And our bodies don't make vitamins and minerals. We have to get them from our food. And those are plant foods, many of them. And some of them are just not palatable for people. They don't look yummy. We've destroyed the palates of people and they're just looking for more of that GMO, You know, feed my whatever serotonin. And then we also made it like farmer's market markets were fancy and, you know, that was the good thing to do. And then convenience foods were to save money and time. But what burgeoned out of that was a history of obesity, uh, inflammation, chronic disease that is seeping into all different parts of the world. And I want to say something, what you mentioned about eating fresh and buying and shopping fresh. I have found in my life that, and I was living in New York city. And so it wasn't really as easy. I I don't know if it's easier to get to the grocery store in the country or the city sometimes, to be honest, but it was always a barrier. Like, let me just get my shopping done once a week, you know, and then I would get done. So I'd go to the market and I'd get it done. And I have changed that lifestyle rule completely. It is the wrong way for me. I like to go to the market every few days. I buy less, I waste less. I'm preparing food when I know I'm actually going to prepare the food and everyone's not going to go, Hey, we want sushi tonight. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like getting back to basics on simple things like the big box retailers, like going to Costco and getting 7,000 rolls of toilet paper at a time. It's just, if you look at it in every walk of life, just strip back down to some of the basics.
1: And I think you're so right. And by the way, I love your product, And that's why, you know, I first met you on the the shopping network um, was exactly that, that if you can get your body, because you don't realize how many fruits and vegetables you really need in a day or how much really gives you a benefit. So yours to have that on top of having fresh. But I think what is so important is really with our kids. And, you know, we've got a big gap. I've got a 19-year-old and an 8-year-old. So my wife and I um, are very busy (laughs) we left a huge (laughs) gap, but- you know, my eldest daughter, she traveled to us when we went to Far East and she she would try like crazy. Th- I mean, she'd have anything. I remember we when we moved to Minnesota, she was three. We took her to a barbecue and she looked at these baked beans in a vat and said, are they edamame? And it's like, OK, we've probably gone too far. She was like three. Uh, and the younger ones. Someone overcooked
0: American- the edamame, mom. <laughs> the <other> like,
1: <laughs> brown. I've never seen it sounded very precocious. Uh, but uh, our little one's an all-American girl and she really. Really. But the more I involve her with food, the more she just is a part of it. And I think we've lost that, haven't we? Because we used to have things mom made at home, grandma, we were used to that. And we've lost that. And until we get back to that and the education and how long it should be to take the time, you know, they kids are interested in food if you let them be a part of it. I mean, whatever I make with my younger daughter, she will try it if she's been a part of it.
0: Absolutely, I love that. And I just happened, to, I was looking for something this morning and I came across, my mother was not a big cook. Her mother was, however. And um, I came across a recipe that was my grandmother's that my mother had written out as like the one of the few things that she knows how to cook. And it's not the most fantastic meal or the most impressive, but it's a heck of a family recipe of meatloaf. It's a meatloaf recipe. Oh. But I'm looking at this and I thought to myself, just as a someone who really is a nutritionist and works in that world, I thought to myself, how wonderfully fulfilling this meatloaf would be now if I were to cook it and show my kids the recipe with grandma's handwriting and the stained piece of paper and made this meatloaf that they were a part of that traditionally her mother had made for her. And that's something that a lot of people might think of naturally, but that's just not the way my family or a lot of modern families are not sitting down at the dinner table with extended family to generational or cooking together as families anymore So I want to mention that food is also what you make of it. You know what I mean? It's eating good, making the choices that are nurturing to the body, nurturing to the home, nurturing to spending time together, including your children, like you mentioned. We can do a lot to uh, put forth messages, Daniel, but we're not going to be the ones to really make the change inevitably. It's going to be our kids. And I do the same thing as I teach my children. You have a choice. The bag of Takis that you're addicted to that stain your fingers orange (laughs) and your mouth, you know, and make you feel not good really after you eat them and you know it is a choice for you to make. You know what I mean? Or you could get a bag of nuts and they consciously make the choice now. And that's what I love. Mom, I'm going to get the Takis today you made the choice. At least you thought about it. I've got to be doing something right. If we're doing that, right.
1: A hundred percent. That is, that's brilliant. And I think again, if you make it too strict at home, they go to someone else's house and it becomes a taboo and they go nuts. I mean, you've got to have that balance, but it's just again, about knowing about real food, cooking and making it fun. You know, years ago, a French person that inspired me very much had said, you should take as long to eat the food as you did to make it. And I was yeah. like, yeah, oh, you know, that we have lost that whole time. And we We've lost spending the family time. But, you know, we probably won't change that too much. But I think if you can just think about a bit more involving the family, I don't want to ever give people too many hardcore ideas. It's more, mm-hmm. what can you do a little bit? What can you change a bit? Can you add more freshness? Can you take away some of the fat? We still have so much access to information. I'm still a believer that you can go a bit crazy thinking that some of these more power foods that... Are not that good in high saturated fat, like keto, using cheese and butter and high saturated fat coconut milk. Mm-hmm. You know, I still think there are good fats in moderation. I think that's always been in my mind that, that work for me. Mm-hmm. And we have gone a bit out there thinking fat's good. I don't think fat's good. I think good fats are good at certain portions of it.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I talk about that when I talk about plant-based eating all the time, you know what I mean? The protein that you're getting out of a plant and the protein that you're getting out of meat and the saturated fat that comes along with the meat that doesn't exist at all in the plant, but the, the healthy fat you're getting from your avocado or your coconut, your olive oil dressing. Those are the fats that we need vinegar in your life, really important, right? So those are the things that you and I can help them with. Like someone says, well, why do I need vinegar? And I can help them understand why they want, want to add some vinegar to help their digestion in their life. But what do you think we can do right now to help people that really are having, they just have such a hard time keeping the weight off or that really just try to go down this road of healthy eating and they fail every time. And you started the podcast saying, you know, they fail and they beat themselves up and they feel terrible. And I need to leave people with some sort of tangible next step. And then maybe just one more after that.
1: There is a way that I think can work for everyone. And I think it's a really, really good way to get yourself on track. And again, don't make too many hurdles. Don't have too many goals that you've got to achieve. Don't say I've got to lose 40 pounds or 100 pounds. You Get your your goal to, I want to just change my lifestyle a bit. Don't think you need to sweat it out in the gym every day. Don't do things you can't do. Do things that are achievable. I've never gone to the gym my entire life. And in the last year and a half, I was able to do, a few miles a day on the treadmill every single day, but it was enough that I knew I could cope with. I could watch news, I could watch some things, and I knew I could sustain it. If I did that hard workout, it will be done over in a month. So my tip is, and it was one of my books, The Monday to Friday Diet, Do what you can Monday to Friday. Don't waste it. We've got busy lives. Just try to reduce some of that real high saturated fat. Try and have more fresh. Try and have more protein. Try and have more fruits, vegetables, not processed food. And have some time off on the weekend and don't beat yourself up. Have that meal that you just don't care. Have something because if you flip it, it never works. If you were to have a terrible diet and on the weekends you were really good, you're not going to lose weight, turn it the other way. And then know that you always have this kind of outlet that you're not restricted, that you can go out with friends. Exactly. You
0: can't
1: do these things. So that's, that's what and I the choice, that Try and organize that.
0: Yes. I love that. And the choice is, you know, avocado on the cracker over cheese, like the choices are, you don't have to give up the snack. It's just what is the food that you're choosing to put in your mouth. So, and on the weekend, make grandma's meatloaf. High in saturated fat, high in love. (laughs) So, you know what I mean? Because you know you're going to take it in then. So I save it up for when I want it. I'm not talking turkey. When it comes to meat, quality matters. At ButcherBox, they source their meat from partners with the highest standards for quality. No more searching the grocery store for 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, or wild-caught seafood. The sourcing decisions ButcherBox makes keeps the farmer, the planet, the animal, and your family in mind, always delivering products you can trust. I'm very snobby when it comes to the meat I'll eat and feed my family, and the convenience, cost, and quality of ButcherBox gets delivered right to my door. Customize your own box or go with one of theirs. Either way, you get exactly what you want, and there's free shipping across the continental U.S., it's packed fresh and shipped frozen for your convenience. And right now, ButcherBox is offering new members a 10 to 16 pound turkey free in their first box. Go to butcherbox.com inmyheart to sign up. That's B-U-T-C-H-E-R-B-O-X dot inmyheart. And you'll receive a free turkey in your first box. Food for me feeds my soul, but it also fuels my life. And so I let it be the balance of both. And just like everybody in the world, I mean, I'm 51 years old, I'm in menopause, I've got weight that, you know, I, I wish I could get 10 pounds off me that I really was gonna get this summer. And I try to wiggle and, you know, life gets in the way, but perfection is not on my goal list, right? You know, my 10 well, you look pounds- look better than me
1: at 51 <laughs> years old. I'm, I'm a 70 baby. That was a big point in my life. I think that when I said about the working out was not anything to do with weight. It was like, oh my goodness, I was, you know, coming up to my 50th, I probably need to do something just for heart health on that.
0: That's right. And that's the truth because I got taught and I didn't really believe it a long, long time ago when I worked for Puffy, I became really good friends with Deion Sanders. Uh, We all know Deion Sanders is a famous uh, football player um, here in the States. He told me an unbelievable athlete, mentally charged. He told me, Heather, it is 90% diet, your weight, your body. All of it is about what you put in your mouth. Exercise is important for us. Now, as a football player, he has to be heavier than his weight and push over people and tackle them and all run fast and all that stuff. So you have to work out differently than you and I do. But for people like you and I in general, people, what's important when it comes to fitness is Moving the body, expanding the lungs, getting the heart rate up, using your body weight and a little bit of ulterior weights to build your muscles because your muscles protect your bones. And we all know as we age, when people are falling, their bones are what's breaking and that leads to a lot of issues. So supplementations as I get older, Chef Daniel, I take magnesium now that I'm 51 years old because I need that supplement to keep my bones as strong as I can because I know I'm not getting enough through my food. But my daughter doesn't need magnesium. I make sure I'm giving her broccoli in her life. So I think that confusing people with all of the propaganda that's been out there. And you're an author of a book that talks about dieting. So how do we help them crowd out the real news for the fake news
1: For people that want to believe in things, they will, because it's people that say, I smoke and it's okay. Most people don't have an issue if they smoke this amount or drink. You know, we kind of want to find those things and people, sometimes you can't change their mind. I think we know what's good. I think we know what really we should be doing. With the exercise, if you're even doing a little walk, I like the fact of doing that in the morning on the treadmill, because then it sets you up for good decisions the rest of the day. It's something that you shouldn't set yourself up to fail But really, we know what's good for us. We just do. Everyone listening now knows that if there was a a big pile of fruit and vegetables or there was a McDonald's next to it, we know. It's just about trying to balance, never saying no, but incorporating it into our lives a little bit easier, a little bit more, well, there's certain times I can have this and maybe other times I've just got to say no and have something else. And compromising is what it's about. But sometimes compromising is really good because if I made an ah ahi-seared tuna with sesame and wasabi, it's better than McDonald's. So get in the kitchen, cook something wonderful. Good food is always better for you. And the more you do spend in restaurants, the better you get with the result on that. So just try cooking a few things from scratch, using better ingredients, using natural ingredients. Find a few alternatives. Is it that bad if you're making a ramen soup and throwing tofu noodles? It really isn't. Not that it's as good, but safely as good for when you need it.
0: Absolutely. I love that. And what's happened with me because of my cooking so much over COVID. So one of the tips that I've been doing, which I love because I do follow pretty much a paleo existence in a lifestyle. I eat very little animal protein. I'm really a pl- mostly a plant based eater, but I do. Eat. I'm, I'm, I call myself a meat snob. Yeah. So I'm very much, a, you know, a animal protein snob. I have to really yes. know where it comes from. Especially but- fish.
1: I think we forget about that with fish. It sounds so healthy to have a piece of salmon that looks beautiful in color that actually is all from the feed that has come through in it. So know your food, know where you're getting it, and quality is everything in that. And I think, again, we trust these big brands and these stores where we're buying it from and we don't realize what's inside them. So again, just because it's fish and seafood doesn't mean it really is that healthy. No,
0: absolutely. So you have to really look for with fish, wild caught. You know, for me, an easy thing to do is always plants... You know, I don't care. I like organic because I don't like pesticides, but I'd rather you I had a a doctor say this on my show too. I'd rather you stuff your face full of vegetables that have pesticides on them than not, because and he does all these testings. He's like the amount of pesticides compared to the vegetables, whatever. But if you don't want to go to a plant based diet and meet the only the reason I say that now is because we're so tested with the quality of the food that's available to us right now. And it's limited in, in the way the regulation of the government and what cage free means and free range versus like a chicken that's really raised on a farm healthy that has massive acres to walk on and that sort of thing. So the quality of the food is changing. And so, and also like beans are big in a Mediterranean diet, you know, and they are a huge source of fiber and protein and all kinds of great things as much as if not more better than meat because you don't have the saturated fat, but beans, to be honest, they're a pain they have to make you know what I mean? I, I do I think that for me. So
1: Well, let me give you a real quick, easy tip, which is me. a brilliant way to get Please. that kind of nutrition. Honestly, you take a can of white beans yes. and drain them and put some lemon juice, olive oil, and garlic, and blend it together. And it is a most amazing puree. And you could put, if you want, some seared shrimp on it, or you could do you know, chicken, or you could just have vegetables. But it's quite surprising, and that's what excites me. When you suddenly find something that's so simple, so easy, and actually tastes delicious, put a bit of paprika on it, honestly, a can of beans, lemon juice, olive oil, garlic, blend it. It's brilliant.
0: And it's an amazing meal. So that's what I was going to say. I love that the tips in your book, like, and I'm someone who cooks and like, but I like, I just got tired of it. And I was only, I was soaking my bone beans and making, cause I don't ever shop. I only shop the perimeter. I don't shop where the cans are, but the yes. tips that like beans and cans are great. And beans are a great source of protein. I also will go down by my Indian, my local Indian restaurant, which I love. And I'll get their non-dairy lentils in a quart, And then nice. I have them in my refrigerator also to mix in with, with meals and things like that. So, what I love about, you know, Paleo Monday to Friday, and I want to talk about your your next book too, but I may have to wait to have you on a, a second time about that, is that, you know, as you say, it's a diet so good you can take the weekend off. And you give really easy tips about how to find the shortcuts into healthy eating.
1: We get bored of food. You know, we just do. We don't want to have the same food every day. And that's what gets us to want to go other places. I can assure you and promise you there is good healthy cuisine in every country and cuisine in the world. So find those to make it different. You know, find, like you're talking about Indian food. Find a chicken tikka that's got wonderful spices, not deep fried, and it's grilled. Um, in Hong Kong, we think of Chinese food as so bad here. But can I tell you there, Holstein fish and a bit of sesame, ginger, soy is like out of this world. So Mind-blowing. I
0: forgot food in we have Hong Kong in common. Hong Kong.
1: Oh, okay. So don't get me started there. We can talk about the book next time for sure, because that gets me going. I got inspired. Thailand. I went with my wife for the first time before we were married in '91, and her parents did business in Hong Kong. Uh, they were in fashion. A lot of people in you know the, that world it's- go there. And it's magical. And I ended up loving it so much, I found work there. I did some guest promotions at Mandarin Oriental, Shangri-La. Oh my goodness, it's just been, I must have gone to that region over 60 times. And then I ended up the most recent before COVID, I designed um, all class meals, business, premium economy, and first for Cathay Pacific as about a two year promotion. And it just excites me that part of the world because it's outrageously exciting food, and uh, I love to kind of. I, that's the as soon as I get back to it, as soon as they allow people in.
0: I'm You're back. going back to Hong Kong. Oh my God. I spent I've probably, you have probably maybe double the digits, but I've been there at least on 30 different trips through my fashion career in Hong Kong. Yes. And for me, Hong Kong was such a mix of work and pleasure. So I was there to work. I was a fashion designer and I was working there to build the collections. And by the way, the food on the airline is such a thank you for that because <laughs> at least European travel was better than what you would get for those overnight trips, you know, than you would get on a regular regional trip here in the States. But doing it all for you is the most important thing when you're ready. I have to just say your last name is green. So I have to ask you, what's your favorite green food? <laughs>
1: um, well, it was Greenberg originally. My grandfather changed it. So. <laughs> it was? It was, yeah, it was. My favorite greens, you know, I do love all fruits and vegetables. I mean, there's some people that just have a sweet tooth that they can't miss it. I don't. So I do a lot of soups with everything. But I would say about to pick one, I'd, I'd say well, actually, it's not quite the greens, but cauliflower, I think, is an amazing ingredient from, you know, cauliflower rice pancakes that I make that are just, to me, it's one of the best vegetables because it's so filling and it's, you could do purees with it and you can throw it in the stir fries. It's so versatile. That's probably my favorite ingredient
0: cauliflower is one of the most versatile vegetables I don't even think about that you can puree it you can make a crust out of it you can make rice out of it exactly. I mean you can do so much but okay so chef Greenberg we're giving you the cauliflower <laughs> exactly
1: <laughs> my grandfather changed it back in England uh, wartime so you know what I think we should I should go back to that <laughs>
0: we should give some homage to the Jewish bergs out there exactly. right I love that so much <laughs> Before I let you go, I appreciate you so much. There's been just so much great information. I love having someone that wants to help everybody just be their best, feel their best, do their best. And the timing is right when you know it's right. We can't do anything to change your mind, but when you're ready, we're here for you. So I appreciate that. So while everyone's trying to find their food freedoms and figure it out, how do you find your freedoms, Chef Daniel?
1: My, my food
0: freedoms, any freedom. Um, (laughs) I feel like you've got your food freedoms handled now. So how outside of food, how do you find your freedom? What are the things that you find to free yourself and be yourself? And it might might be cooking.
1: my girls my wife when we're in florida that's our getaway and you know it's happy times and i love the water i'm always in the sun if you've noticed when you saw me ever on shop or wherever you you yeah. know went into this i'm always doing the bad thing with the sun i love the tan i'm, I'm always i feel like if i'm by the water and i'm with my girls and that's my happy space
0: See that? I love it. We all have to have our idiosyncrasies. We just line them up like our little children by the time we die and we just are friendly with them and we know it. So enjoy your sun, use your zinc sunblock. I'm so happy to have you in my heart. Chef Daniel, if our guests don't already follow you, where can they find you?
1: Um, I do a lot more on Facebook. That's kind of my main go-to. So Chef Daniel Green.
0: Steph Daniel Green at Facebook. I love it. Thank you so much to my guest. This is In My Heart. I'm your host, Heather Thompson. Be sure to follow along at I Am Heather T. And don't forget to subscribe and download. We're at iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple, and wherever you stream, we'll be there. Thanks so much.
1: Seeking the truth never gets old.